Well, today as we continue our journey through the book of 1 Peter, we come to a passage that probably wasn't a favorite memory verse of Peter's original readers, and it's probably not a favorite memory verse of any of us today either, uh, because it's a passage that talks about how we are to submit to our governments, how we are to uh, honor and respect those who are in authority over us. And I don't think it matters you know, what country you live in or, or what time of history you live or, or what, what party you support or anything like that. I think for most people, it is a real challenge for us to submit to and to honor those in authority over us, particularly our governments. I read an article this week about um, about how the, the seal of the United States was, was formed originally. Back when the, the 13 colonies were declaring their independence from Britain, they, they designed this seal. And on the front side, uh, they have the eagle, of course. Uh, it's got it's in its claws an olive branch in one claw and then 13 arrows in the other, kind of signifying that they were seeking peace, but they were ready to go to war to defend their liberty. And then on the flip side of the seal, uh, there was the, the, the pyramid uh, with 13 layers, a layer for each of the, the colonies, uh, and of course the all-seeing eye over top of that, signifying that you know, God was watching over them as they built this new nation. But uh, I read this article that talked about how Benjamin Franklin actually had a different proposal for the design of the backside of the seal. Um, and I think it kind of reflects some of our, our reluctance to submit to authorities. And I think maybe there's a hint of that. But let me just read for you uh, what he wanted to see. Imagine this. Pharaoh, sitting in an open chariot, a crown on his head and sword in his hand, passing through the divided waters of the Red Sea in pursuit of the Israelites, rays from a pillar of fire in the cloud, expressive of the divine presence and command, beaming on Moses, who stands on the shore and, extending his hand over the sea, causes it to overflow Pharaoh. And the motto? Rebellion to tyrants is obedience to God. All right, that's, that's the seal and the motto that Benjamin Franklin wanted to see uh, on their, their official seal. And the article went on to say about how America was, was formed uh, out of a revolution and uh, their, uh, their defiance of government authority is viewed as a basic constitutional right. And so you can see how how many Americans, and I would say now even you know, as we look at our, our political situation in Canada, I would say many Americans, many Canadians, many Albertans would probably subscribe to that motto today. You know, defiance of tyrants is obedience to God. But you know, as I read through 1 Peter, I'm not sure that Peter would agree with that statement. But I'll, I'll let you be the judge of that as we go through this passage together this morning. And of course, my, my purpose isn't to, to speak into politics, uh, but rather my purpose is to, to share with you, you know, an accurate understanding of God's Word and how He wants us to live as foreigners and strangers in this world, as we've been talking about. And I think we'll see uh, th that our application for this passage has a far uh, farther reach than just politics. So I'll, I'll leave the, the specific applications up to you, and you can come to your own conclusions. But before we go any further here, let's pause and we'll pray and ask God to, to help us understand and, and to apply His Word this morning. 
Dear God, we thank you again for this privilege of coming before you, uh, opening up the pages of Scripture and, and looking at your word that's been recorded for us for all these uh, centuries now. Uh, we pray that as we read these things, uh, not only would we see what you originally intended for, uh, for Peter and his readers to understand, but what you want us to, to understand today and how you want us to apply that to our lives. So uh, give us wisdom and clarity as we look at your word this morning. Amen. So our passage today begins in 1 Peter chapter 2. Uh, we're going to start at verse 13 and go down to verse 17. It goes like this. For the Lord's sake, submit to all human authority, whether the king as head of state or the officials he has appointed. For the king has sent them to punish those who do wrong and to honor those who do right. It is God's will that your honorable lives should silence those ignorant people who make foolish accusations against you. For you are free. Yet you are God's slaves, so don't use your freedom as an excuse to do evil. Respect everyone and love the family of believers. Fear God and respect the king. Now, before we get into the, the nuts and bolts of this passage, I want to give you just a little bit of the, the history and the background to, to what Peter is saying here so you can kind of understand where he's coming from. Now, there's a few different uh, theories as to exactly when this book of 1 Peter was written, but most biblical scholars will land somewhere about uh, 64 AD. And at that time, the Roman emperor was a man named Nero Claudius Caesar. Uh, you, you may have heard his name before. According to History.com, Nero was best known for his debaucheries, political murders, and his persecution of Christians. Uh, he was responsible for the murder of his own mother, as well as the murder of his own wife. So he was not a nice person. Uh, in the year 64 AD, which was likely also the, the same year that Peter wrote this letter, uh, the great fire broke out in the city of Rome. Uh, you've probably heard about that as well. Um, and it, it basically leveled the city, took out about 70% of the city. And uh, the rumors quickly started flying that Nero was actually responsible for starting the fire to clear the land so that he could build this wonderful city and palace and stuff like that. Uh, now, whether that was true or not kind of remains to be seen even to this day. But to deflect this suspicion, Nero immediately blamed the Christians for starting the fire. And uh, several Roman historians record this, uh, including this account that I'm going to read for you from a historian named uh, Tacitus. He writes this. And so, to get rid of this rumor, Nero set up as the culprits and punished with the, most, or with the utmost refinement of cruelty a class hated for their abominations, who are commonly called Christians. Besides being put to death, they were made to serve as objects of amusement. They were clothed in hides of beasts and torn to death by dogs. Others were crucified. Others were set on fire to serve to illuminate the night when daylight failed. I mean, can you imagine people burned alive, being torn to pieces by dogs? The, the horrific cruelty of Nero upon the Christians was almost unimaginable. But it was also this emperor who would eventually crucify Peter, uh, likely also this empire or emperor who would eventually behead Paul, uh, if you follow through the history there. But it was also this emperor who sat upon the throne when Peter wrote these words, for the Lord's sake... Submit to all human authority, whether the king as head of state or the officials he has appointed. For the king has sent them to punish those who do wrong and to honor those who do right. It is God's will that your honorable lives should silence those ignorant people who make foolish accusations against you. For you are free, 
yet you are God's slaves. So don't use your freedom as an excuse to do evil. Respect everyone and love the family of believers. Fear God and respect the king. You know, those are some pretty incredible words considering who the king was when Peter wrote these words. And so I think it's important for us to maybe dig into this a little bit and find out how and why Peter would write such things. You know, why is it important for us to respect and to submit to the human authorities even when those human authorities are corrupt and evil? Well, I think Peter gives us his reason probably right from the beginning. He says, as he starts verse 13 by saying, for the Lord's sake, submit to all human authority. For the Lord's sake. Remember that we are, we are foreigners and we're strangers in this world. This world is not our home. We've, we've talked about that for several weeks now. You know, we belong to an entirely different kingdom, the kingdom of God. We bow before King Jesus and we are, we are ambassadors of Christ. And our job is to represent our king in this place. Uh, Paul uh, actually talks about how when we accept Christ, we become new people and, and we're part of a new kingdom. And, and as such, as citizens of the kingdom of God, uh, in living in a world that has rejected his kingship, we are ambassadors of Christ and our job is to represent our king. Uh, let me read for you in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'll start at verse 17, go down to 20. It says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. And then, then here's the, the point that I want you to notice. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead. Come back to God. Ooh, come on, paper. <sighs> for, God was made, or for God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. And, and the point that I want you to notice in here is that as strangers and foreigners in this world, we are ambassadors of Christ. God is making his appeal to the unbelieving world through us. We speak for Christ. You know, in everything we say and everything we do, we represent Christ. Our, our purpose in this life is, is to make much of Jesus, pointing others to him so that they too can come to, to know God and be reconciled to him. And we talked last week a little bit about how we are that, that light in a dark place. Uh, we're to be different for the sake of Jesus. Our lives should shine the light of God's goodness to the people around us. And so to come back to our passage today, I think part of shining the light of God's goodness would include submitting to and respecting the authorities that God has placed over us. As Peter says, for the Lord's sake, submit to all human authorities. We need to represent Christ in everything we do. You know, I don't think we shine the light of God's goodness very well when we, when we badmouth or when we slander or when we're disrespectful of the people in authority over us. Now, certainly, we can speak against bad policy and, and immoral laws, absolutely. But we can do that while still giving honor and respect to, to those who are making and enforcing those laws. You can disagree with someone without being disrespectful to them. You know, we need to remember that at the end of the day, that person who has authority over us, they're just as loved by God as we are, right? God loves them just as much as he loves us. 
And so we need to give honor and respect to that person, you know, as a, as a fellow human being created in God's image. Uh, we need to have honor and respect for that person because God has put them in that place of authority. And, and maybe that's a, a key thing for us to remember, is that God has placed those people in those positions of authority. Uh, Paul writes in Romans 13.1, he says, Everyone must submit to governing authorities, for all authority comes from God. And those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and they will be punished. I mean, clearly God is the one who sets up kingdoms and he tears them down. He's the one who puts people into positions of authority, and he's the one that removes them out as well. And he does that for his own good purposes. And we actually read some of God's purposes as Paul continues in Romans 13. He continues by saying, for the authorities do not strike fear in people who are doing right, but in those who are doing wrong. Would you like to live without fear of the authorities? Do what is right, and they will honor you. The authorities are God's servants, sent for your good. But if you are doing wrong, of course you should be afraid, for they have the power to punish you. They are God's servants, sent for the very purpose of punishing those who do what is wrong. So you must submit to them, not only to avoid punishment, but also to keep a clear conscience. Pay your taxes too, for these same reasons. For government workers need to be paid. They're serving God in what they do. Give to everyone what you owe them. Pay your taxes and government fees to those who collect them and give respect and honor to those who are in authority. You know, it seems pretty clear and straightforward here. God has set up human authorities as his servants to honor those who do what is right and to punish those who do what is wrong. That's, that's really the purpose of government. It's to, they're, they're God's servants to honor those who do right and to punish those who do wrong. Uh, Peter even says that in our passage today. He says, For the Lord's sake, submit to all human authority, whether the king is head of state or the officials he has appointed, for the king has sent them to punish those who do wrong and to honor those who do right. Now here's the catch. Today, many governments and authorities, and really throughout history, they have done a very poor job of doing what God has asked them to do. You know, some like Nero have really reversed God's instructions, and they, they reward those who do wrong, and they punish those who do, do what is right. You know, and I think in our crazy mixed up world that we live in, we see more and more of that. We continually see laws that promote evil and laws that will punish those who do what is right. And I do believe that God will hold those people in those governments that are making those laws, God will hold them to account uh, for their actions. One day they will have to answer to God for how they have governed and executed their position that God has given them. However, our, or their failure to do what God has asked them to do is not an excuse for us to fail to do what God has asked us to do, right? Each of us are accountable to God for our own actions. You know, and God has commanded us to submit to the authorities over us and to give them honor and respect. And in the next verses, Paul goes on to explain a little bit more why God has commanded us to do that. He continues in verse 15. He says, It is God's will that your honorable lives should silence those ignorant people who make foolish accusations against you. For you are free, yet you are God's slaves, so don't use your freedom as an excuse to do evil. You know, I can't help but think of the Christians that Peter was actually writing to when he wrote this letter. Even before Nero accused them of starting the fire, Christians were already viewed with a great deal of suspicion. Uh, and I don't know if you noticed in that quote from uh, Tacitus, 
but he mentions how the Christians were already hated for their abominations. And I did a little bit of reading just to see, you know, why were the Christians so hated at that time? And it seems it really did come down to a lot of, uh, as Peter says, a lot of foolish and ignorant accusations. Uh, there were accusations that Christians were cannibals because of this strange ritual they had where they ate the body of Christ and they drank his blood, which, of course, was communion, right? Uh, they were accused of incest, uh, of marrying and, and having children within their own family because they referred to each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, they were accused of being sorcerers, right? Because they prayed to God and, and God answered in some miraculous ways, right? They faced all kinds of, of ignorant accusations because they were so different from the people around them. And so in the face of this, Peter writes, it is God's will that your honorable lives should silence those ignorant people who make foolish accusations against you. For you are free, yet you are God's slaves. So don't use your freedom as an excuse to do evil. You know, perhaps today we face similar but different foolish accusations today. You know, perhaps you get slandered at work because you, you go to church because of your faith. Uh, perhaps you're looked down at school because you're a Christian. Uh, I, I think, you know, in our world today, uh, Christians as a whole are, are seen in a fairly dim light because of our, our hate and intolerance towards some uh, or our suppression of women's rights or whatever the case may be. I think this verse very much applies to us. It is God's will that our honorable lives should silence those ignorant people who make foolish accusations against us. You know, we need to live in such a way that our actions completely take away any arguments that they might have against us. You know, to go back to that passage that we read last week, Peter says, be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Then even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior and they'll give honor to God when he judges the world. See, the fact is, as, as strangers and foreigners in this world, we will not always be viewed in the most positive of light. You know, we may face false accusations. We may face persecution or, or even punishment for doing what is right. We might live under the authorities uh, of governments or, or even bosses or, or whoever, those who are acting outside of their God-given responsibilities and are actively encouraging us to do evil. You know, and we may not have any control over that, but we do have control over our own actions. We can choose to live as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, living in such a way that even if we're accused of doing wrong, people will see our honorable behavior and they will give glory to God. You know, we've got the, we have the freedom to do this. Peter says, for you are free, yet you are God's slaves. So don't use your freedom as an excuse to do evil. Respect everyone and love the family of believers. Fear God and respect the king. And that kind of brings us to the final point that I want to make today. Uh, we need to fear God first and respect the king second, all right? That's an important order. Fear God first, respect the king second. See, there may be times when those in authority over us will tell us to do things that are contrary to what God has told us to do. There may be times when human laws tell us to disobey God's laws. And in those cases, our primary responsibility is to fear and obey God rather than men. Now, again, in most cases, we are to submit and to obey the authorities over us. But in those cases where they instruct us to disobey God, we must obey God rather than man. 
Our highest allegiance is to King Jesus. And so when push comes to shove, we have to obey our king, despite the consequences that we may face from human authorities. You know, Peter himself uh, had to make that choice, uh, probably more than once. uh, But Acts chapter 4 actually gives us a really good example of this. Uh, Peter and John had been preaching in the temple shortly after Jesus' resurrection, teaching all about uh, what Christ did, how he died and came to life again. Uh, And so, of course, the the elders and the rulers, they were pretty upset about this since they were the ones that put Jesus to death in the first place. And so they arrested Peter and John, threw him in jail for the night. And then the next day, it says in verse 18, Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, Which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. You know, while God has commanded us to to submit to and to respect and honor uh, our human authorities, if it ever comes down to a choice of, of obeying God or obeying human authorities, we must respectfully choose to disobey our human authorities so that we can be obedient to God regardless of the consequences. You know, that may mean losing a job because we refuse to fudge the numbers like our boss tells us to. It might mean us losing our our charitable status as a church because we refuse to to sign an agreement with some of the the government's uh, support of certain sinful behaviors. That might mean paying huge fines or even having jail time for, for hate speech as we proclaim the truth of God's word. You know, those are all very real possibilities, even in the very near future. But at the end of the day, Jesus is our ultimate king, and we must be obedient to him. But even in those cases, hopefully those will be very rare cases when when our human authorities demand that we disobey God. But even in those cases, we must still respectfully submit to those in authority whenever we can and give them the honor and the respect that they're due. For the Lord's sake, submit to all human authority, respect everyone, and love the family of believers. Fear God and respect the king. And this is kind of at the end where I'd finished writing my message. Even this morning as I was reading over my notes, that's kind of how I wanted to conclude it. I was ready to pray and send you off. But as I've been thinking about this, I, I, I always remember that we are the church of hope. I don't want to send you off thinking, uh, I want to give you, you hope. Because it is true that we may face all kinds of persecution and trials for doing what is right when we obey God rather than our human authority. So I just wanted to read one more little passage that came to my mind this morning, and then we'll close. But it's found in Matthew 10. This is as Jesus is sending out his disciples. I think it's probably for the first time that he sent them out uh, in in pairs, and and they're going to go out and witness and tell the story and whatever. But this is in uh, Matthew chapter 10, verse 26. He says, Don't be afraid of those who threaten you, for the time is coming when everything that is covered will be revealed, and all that is secret will be made known to all. What I tell you now in the darkness, shout abroad when daybreak comes. What I whisper in your ear, shout from the housetops for all to hear. Don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They cannot touch your soul. Fear only God, who can destroy both soul and body in hell. What is the price of two sparrows? One copper coin? But not a single sparrow can fall to the ground without your father knowing it. And the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. And I think that's almost, almost facetious. Way, way more than a flock of sparrows. We are so precious to God. Even if we have to go through difficult things on earth, 
we need not be afraid. Uh, there's another passage, I, I debated how much I would read, but it talks about when you stand before kings and generals, don't even think about what, I have to, what, you, what you're going to say in your defense. God will give you the words at the moment. So I, I just want to encourage us with, with this closing thought that even as we go into this world, if we have to stand up and do what is right and face the consequences because of that, so be it. God is still God. He loves us more than we can imagine, and he will be with us through all of it. And he has a great reward for us at the end of it all. We read in that uh, Second Peter passage this morning that we get to be ushered into eternity with, for great reward uh, when we stay faithful to the end. So I think with that note, we will pray and we'll close, and then I'll dismiss you into your week. Dear God, again, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you love us far more than a flock of sparrows. If you know the number of hairs on our head, certainly you're very aware of the things that we face, the challenges uh, that we have to, to look forward to. Uh, and God, we certainly acknowledge that things are not as bad for us today as they certainly have been for Christians in the past. Um, but, you know, there are things coming down the, the pipe. Uh, we face small amounts of persecution, even in our schools and our workplace today. Uh, our, our, our ability to stand firm in our faith is challenged. But God, I pray that we would be resolute in knowing that you are our God and, and we ultimately answer to you. We need not fear man or what man may do. I pray that we would be absolutely respectful and honorable uh, to those people in positions of authority over us. Uh, may we live such exemplary lives that they really can't say anything bad about us, uh, but they can have to just admit that we are holding fast to what we believe to be true in your word. And we pray that they would come to know and love you through our actions. You know, I think of the many people that maybe heard Paul or, or Peter's defense as they stood before uh, Nero or, or whoever else was in authority at that time. God, I pray that as we follow you and we do what is right, regardless of the consequences, and as we live those honorable, upstanding lives so that no one can say anything against us, I pray that first and foremost, that you would be honored and glorified through our actions, but also we pray that there would be people who would come to know and love you through our witness and our testimony. Uh, so God, I pray that you'd be with us this week. We pray that those instances where we're, we're forced to make those decisions would be, would be few and far between, but God, help us be ready when those times do come. Thanks again for your enduring love for us, your, your great reward that you have promised us. Uh, even though we may suffer for a little while, we know there's a great reward ahead of us. Uh, help us to remember all these things this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.